Some topics in this podcast series deal with sensitive subject matter that may not be suitable for all listeners. The National Principles for Child Safe Organisations reflects 10 child safe standards recommended by the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse. These principles aim to provide Australia with a nationally consistent approach to creating organisational cultures that foster child safety and well-being. They have a broader scope that goes beyond child sexual abuse to cover other forms of potential harm to children and young people. This podcast series, brought to you by ComplySpace and Bravehearts, unpacks each of the 10 principles, their implications and ways to apply them. In this episode, we explore Principle 8, physical and online environments promote safety and well-being, while minimising the opportunity for children and young people to be harmed. Hi everyone, I'm Matt Sinclair, the National Child Protection Training Manager at Bravehearts. And I'm Deborah Dathena. Principal Consultant in Child Protection at ComplySpace. And you're listening to our series of podcasts about the national principles for child safe organisations. Today we're talking about principle number eight, which is safe, physical and online environments. And we have with us Ella Seri, who is the Senior Education Advisor with the eSafety Commission. Ella, welcome. Thank you. So Ella, why don't you tell us a little bit about the work that you do and and your role at the eSafety Commission? Sure, thanks, uh, Matt. Uh, so yes, as you said, I'm a senior education advisor at the eSafety Commissioner. Um, the eSafety Commissioner was actually established in 2015 as the office of the Children's eSafety Commissioner. Um, but in 2017, we actually dropped the children's out of our title as we gathered some new functions to support a broader range of Australians. That being said, we still focus heavily on the safety and well-being of children and young people because they still constitute some of the most vulnerable people online. So I work in the education space, um, which is uh, prim- primarily focused on educating children and young people and supporting um, their parents, carers and teachers. Um, which is really important because um, we know that education is um, a powerful tool of prevention and behaviour change. Um, And by working in the education space, we really can stop issues before they arise, but also support children and young people to build skills um, so they know how to respond if an online safety issue does occur. So um, perhaps I might tell you a little bit more about the work of the eSafety Commissioner. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Great. Right. Um, so the work of the eSafety Commissioner, um, I guess, can be really categorised into two arms. So we've got our education and prevention arm, and that includes a research team that conducts research into prevalence, experiences and attitudes to online safety issues. Um, and so most recently, we've released some qualitative research um, on parenting in the digital age and that actually looked at um, the parents of children in the early years as well, because that's a space that we're starting to explore too. Um, and some research that looked at the impacts of technology facilitated abuse on um, culturally and linguistically diverse women. In the coming months, we'll be releasing some research looking at the online safety needs of people living with uh, intellectual disabilities and research into the experiences um, and needs of uh, frontline workers that work in education, health and law enforcement. Um, So these research reports will be released on our website, which is esafety.gov.au. 
And the way we use this research um, is we turn this research into practice. So they inform the educational resources, webinars and trainings that we provide for educators, law enforcement, mental health and community uh, workers. Um, but these resources that we develop, they're also informed by the other arm of our work, which uh, is our citizen-centred investigation and content removal services. So we have three different um, content removal services. The first is um, what our, our original function, um, which is a legislative complaint service for Australian children who experience serious cyberbullying, where we work with social media companies to remove offending posts and content online. Uh, in 2017, we received some additional powers. Uh, these are uh, around image-based abuse. So we, we operate an image-based abuse scheme for all Australians, no matter, no matter what your age is. Um, and these are for Australians whose intimate images or videos have been shared or threatened to be shared without their consent. Um, and in terms of image-based abuse, um, it's what's... Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Image-based abuse is, I guess, more commonly known as revenge porn, but what we're really trying to do is to change the discourse around that because we know most of the time it's not about revenge and it's not pornography. Um, and interestingly, while this service is for people of all ages, about a third of the complaints we receive are of people under the age of 18. We also administer the online content scheme, which investigates complaints about offensive and illegal online content. Uh, and most of the work of this team is around removing child sexual abuse material online. So we have powers to uh, remove content from websites hosted in Australia. Unfortunately, most of the content is actually hosted overseas. So this team works with in partnership across the globe uh, in, in a network of uh, governments and agencies removing uh, child sexual abuse material online. So three really powerful investigative um, and content removal schemes. And these two areas of our office work in partnership to support the online safety needs of all Australians. Wow, what a huge job. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. So Ella... We're kept pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. A lot of our discussions that we've had in, in the series of the, the different episodes that we have is, is really around focusing on schools. What, what do you see as the biggest risk for schools that arise from how they use technology and, um, and how the schools may not be aware or be addressing those risks properly? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Matt. Um, well, I mean, I guess schools, like all of us, have to contend with the reality of navigating the online world, which is a world that's complicated and it's complex, but it really is entrenched in our everyday lives. Um, but I guess I wanted to start my response by saying that, you know, most internet use is likely to be safe and beneficial for students. Um, you know, the world that you and I were educated in is, is very different to the world that um, children today are being educated in, but it's probably for the better for the most part. Um, the, the vast amount of information that students can access and participate in through, through digital technologies is really fantastic. So um, wh while there are some negatives, using social, social media and digital technologies and the internet uh, really can um, bring your school many benefits. However, I mean, I guess there always is an element of risk that schools need to be aware of. Um, and a way of thinking about the range of online risks that um, schools might face um, to categorise them into what we call the three C's. So the three C's are content, contact and conduct. So content 
is uh, being exposed to illegal or inappropriate or harmful material. Contact is being subjected to harmful online interactions with other users, be it um, another student or a stranger. And conduct is really your personal online behaviours that may increase or decrease um, or cause harm. And schools really need to be aware of and addressing all three categories of risk. Mm. So one of the ways that schools might do this um, is having written policies and procedures about that, about the use of information technology. How does having written policies and procedures help promote online safety for students? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so uh, having having policies is really important because they're used to clarify the expected behaviours and roles of each members of the school community. They can provide guiding principles and procedures to inform the actions taken by a school in response to an online safety incident. Um, and really, they ensure that all members of the school community are aware of how the school is meeting its obligations to create a safe online environment for students. And we know that these policies work best when they're developed collaboratively. They respect the diversity of the school community and, and really aim to foster and maintain positive relationships. Uh, these policies, you really need to review them regularly because we know that, uh, especially in the uh, online and, and tech space, things are changing all the time. So, you know, a, a handy tip for schools is really to try and make them technology neutral. Um, and build them in and incorporate them in, in your other policies in your school. So be it your bullying policy or your child safety policy. Um, a good tip is to, to cast, um, I guess, an online safety lens over your policies and make it uh, part of your core business. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and look, it, it might seem like a lot, but uh, it's really important to note that Schools are most likely already doing a lot of these things. Um, and as a national coordinating agency for online safety in Australia, um, the eSafety Commissioner is here to support um, schools and, and will we'll be developing resources to support schools to improve their practice. So Ella, can you tell us a little bit more about that project, about the creation of resources for schools? Uh, sure, happy to. Um, so we're in the midst of developing a suite of guidance materials and resources to support schools uh, in creating safe online environments. Um, and this project was born out of uh, the, one of the recommendations from the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse that really uh, suggested that the eSafety Commissioner uh, develop an online safety framework to support schools in their practice. Um, but, but rather than develop a framework, what eSafety is doing is we actually think that it's more important for schools to have uh, guidance, tips and strategies to support them in their practice. So we'll be developing uh, a suite of resources that are centred around uh, four key elements, and that is preparing, engaging, educating and responding. So we're in the midst of developing these resources and we're working with state and territory government and non-government education authorities from across the country um, in developing this content. So we've been on a bit of a roadshow actually talking to uh, educators and um, at the education sector across the country and we'll be uh, developing and providing some resources towards the end of this year and into the start of 2020. Oh, oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I'm yeah. sure the schools are really going to be um, using that material a lot. 
Yeah, where well, we hope so. And, and all of these materials will be able to be freely downloaded on our website, uh, which is esafety.gov.au. Um, and if people want to, uh, I guess, be kept in the loop about when they're going to, these resources are going to be available, um, we just suggest signing up to our eSafety news, uh, newsletter, which is um, on our website. You can subscribe there. And then once these resources and guidance materials are available, you'll be receiving um an email to let you know that they're there, as well as all of the other things that we've got going as well. So any any new research that's been uh, developed, uh, classroom resources, teacher professional learning, you, you'll be able to be kept updated and in the loop by subscribing. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So Ella, the, those resources and guidelines are, you know, they sound brilliant. And, and while they're being developed, you could maybe give us perhaps a, a cheeky sneak peek at, of, I guess, of for me, it's about how can schools help students, staff and their volunteers to themselves identify and mitigate the risks of an online environment. Before you were talking about the, the content, the contact and the conduct. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess um, one, of the, one of the best things that uh, people who work in schools can do um, is, to, is to engage with um, the students about their online practices. So ask some questions. You know, what, uh, something that you could do is at the start of each term, ask your students to write down the top three apps or platforms or games that they're using. Ask them what they like about them, and 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 then then see if you can and push them to 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 think about how they might use those apps or games more safely. Um, and what you know what they like about them, but also how they contribute to safe, uh, equal, and inclusive online cultures. Um, one of the things we always like to do with with schools is is to get the students to actually uh, tell us what they wish their uh, wish adults in their lives knew about being young and online. Um, and this is a really great way to to build trust and understanding and to start a conversation about online safety with your schools. Once you've got that trust and that understanding there, you're in a better position to help um, students manage online risks and and to teach them strategies. So. Um, when you're actually talking about how to set up um, device security and, and passcodes, you know the apps and games that they're, they're using and talking about. Um, you're able to uh, help them think critically about who to trust online. Um, so if they're, say, using Fortnite um, or, or, or Discord, a, a platform to chat about games online, um, you can ask them to think critically about who they might be talking about when they're using those games. Um, and then by having that by starting the chat, um, you're able to regularly discuss help-seeking behaviours and what to do if someone might make contact with you that's um, a, bit, a bit out of the ordinary. So um, I guess at an everyday level, having those conversations with your students is really important um, and is, the, I guess, the first step in, um, in uh, identifying and mitigating risks in the online environment. Mm. Um, so you talked a little bit there about about um, educating students. What do we need to be teaching students? Um, well, at eSafety, we really believe um, in in a, I guess a new set of R's. So I know typically we've always talked about reading, writing, and, and arithmetic, but at eSafety we talk about the four R's of the digital age, which which we call uh, respect, responsibility, resilience, and reasoning. Uh, we think these are the values and behaviours and attitudes that we want our young people to embody throughout their interactions and communications online. So it's, it's being respectful to others, acting responsibly, using your reasoning skills to, to determine 
what's safe and what's not online, but also supporting students to develop the resilience um, to, to know what to do and, and how to cope if something negative does actually happen online. Ella, everybody knows now that it's very difficult to keep up with an evolving uh, tech world. And, and it's always good to keep on top of that and introduce new technologies to keep students engaged. If we're introducing a new technology or software or different um, apps or anything like that, what kind of things can a school do to make sure that the way in which we approach adopting these new practices is done so safely? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, it, it's always good practice to, to carry out a risk assessment to ensure that, um, you know, the safety and privacy and security and age appropriateness of, of any new technologies is considered before you bring it into the classroom. Um, and that really, uh, it, by, by doing so, you can make sure that um, you can actually harness the benefits of technology without putting students or staff um, at risk. So, uh, as part of the resources we're developing um, in, in our uh, and guidance material, we're going to be developing um, a checklist for introducing new technologies and online platforms. And it, it's designed to, to um, provide prompts of, of questions that a school should ask before they introduce a new platform. So, asking something like, can a student's personal information um, be, be publicly displayed or accessed if they're using this platform? You know, does the platform encourage students to use their existing email or social networking accounts to sign in? Um, who can contact the students? Can external people outside the school contact students? If so, is it students from another school or is it anyone in the world? Um, do apps link to a child's location? These are all really important questions that schools need to be asking themselves before they introduce technologies. And, and, and if there are risks identified, they shouldn't be used mm. or they need to be mitigated mitigated before they're introduced into the, into the school. Right. Yeah, that's that seems really good and a, a highly valuable resource for schools just to make sure that they are keeping on the front foot with mm. yeah, all of those considerations right. because the apps themselves or the different services can be complex. Yeah. Absolutely. Always changing and there's always new ones coming up. And and that's it. And I think especially when you're developing educational tech, for the most part, you're you're going to be developing things with the best best interests of students in mind. Um, but it's still really important that that schools um, do these checks and balances um, beforehand before they bring them into the school into the schoolyard. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Ella, thanks very much. Do you have any anything you'd like to say in closing? Any additional things that we maybe haven't asked you questions about or that you'd like to, to mention? Um, I mean, I guess uh, it'd probably be good just to finish with some uh, some key takeaways. And, and that's just really that schools are doing a great job when it comes to, to online safety and, and, and looking after their students. There, there's a lot going on and it can sometimes feel really hard to keep up. But... You know, online safety is a journey. It's not a destination, and we need to be able to adapt and be flexible enough to respond um, to, to threats as new technologies emerge. Um, and really, having a conversation and starting a conversation um, about online safety with with students and parents um, 
and your whole school community is part of that. Um, and as the National Coordinating Online Safety Body, we are here to help. Our website, esafety.gov.au, already has a huge amount of information that we're constantly refreshing and, and adding to. So uh, I guess my, my one tip or, or takeaway for, for people listening is to check out our website um, and, and, and get, it, get in touch and, and start thinking uh, seriously about online safety or continue thinking seriously about online safety. So Ella, teachers seem to have a lot to think about when they're talk, thinking about online safety. What kinds of supports are out there for teachers? Um, well, at the at the eSafety Commissioner, we actually um, offer a teacher professional learning uh, series. So these are webinar-based uh, professional learning modules. Um, and what they do is um, that they cover a range of online safety concerns that, that teachers might be facing, as well as some new, new and emerging uh, and, and topical issues. So for 2019, uh, the, the topics that we've got are digital CPR, and that really is your, your digital and online safety basics, um, as well as any new legislative legislative changes that have happened recently, um, and gets teachers thinking about the, the current apps and devices and games that their students might be use, using. We also have another webinar around um, uh, engaging with families. And so that's really important because we know that um, while, while schools do a great job in supporting online safety uh, and the online safety needs of their students, uh, parents and carers are the first line of defence and really need to be part of the conversation when it comes to online safety. And our third webinar is around uh, diversity and inclusion, and that's really recognising that children have a range of experiences online and really need to be uh, adapting what we're doing to, to meet their needs. So uh, any teacher can sign up to our uh, teacher professional learning series. You just hop onto our website. And for teachers in uh, New South Wales and the ACT where they have to have accredited training, uh, these webinar series, this webinar series has been accredited um, by NESA and TQI um, and can be counted towards your, your teacher professional learning. So um, I, I encourage all teachers to, to sign up to them. They're, they're delivered uh, at a range of different times to, to help um, both our East Coast and West Coast teachers um, as part of their practice. Ella, you mentioned their technology neutral policies. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means and about what those might look like? Um, yeah, sure. So, so the idea of a, a technology neutral um, policy is one that is um, recognises that technology is changing and evolving all the time. So, for example, in your school, you might have um, a, a policy around the use of uh, mobile phones in schools, which is great. Um, but if you if you actually make it technology neutral, neutral and say uh, a policy around um, online devices, it, it will cover the next change in technology. So at the moment, we see schools actually trying to deal with issues around smartwatches in schools, not just their phones. So it actually makes it, it easier for schools without... <coughs> without, without sorry. Without Sorry about that. sort of change their, their terminology every time that something new comes along. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you, you won't have to change your technology. That being said, you should still review your policies regularly to make sure that they are covering um, the range of different technologies, but you don't necessarily need to specify them um, 
keep keep them neutral. Um, in this in the same respect, um, it, having things that that filter certain uh, technologies and uh, websites and apps and platforms is a good idea and it can help and monitor uh, what students can access online but it's really important um, to recognise that, that no fil filter is ever 100% effective um, and, and these sorts of options can't really be solely relied upon or used uh, to replace an educative approach. Um, but, but something that you can do is maybe ask your IT manager at your school to provide a regular report with usage trends um, on, on what's being accessed across your school and then provide this to your school leadership team um, as part of their conversations around, around reviewing policies and practice. Mm. And about reviewing risk and, and yeah. updating risk management issues. Yeah, and we've yeah, spoken absolutely. a lot about that uh, in our continuous improvement discussions as well. So that's a really good point. That's right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks very much. Those are great tips and I'm sure our listeners will find this very, very useful. Thanks, Ella. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Ella.